She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... Haunted Castles. Oh, sounds spooky. Yeah, it does sound. It sounds like a Scooby Doo episode, actually. That's what I was kind of expecting. Haunted Isle. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, where there was a castle. Yes, Uh, there was. Unlike this episode, where there don't seem to be any castles. Anyway, (laughs) we'll get into that. This episode originally aired on Thursday, April twenty seventh, nineteen seventy eight. Um, I actually was doing some, uh, this is kind of off the script here, but I was doing some research because we have some episodes, like four episodes coming up where there's no listed air dates. And so I went and bought some TV guides. Oh. And I actually bought ones apparently where In Search of wasn't shown because they weren't in any of the listings. Um, but then I did some more research and actually I got lucky because in an eBay listing, when they were showing the quality of the TV guide, the page they showed showed In Search of. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and it shows that the very last episode of the season aired on April 30th, which is like in three days. Whereas the internet says the last episode of the season aired on June 1st. So uh, there's some issues with some of the dates that we've been using. Because I've been using dates from the internet. So they might be wrong, just so you know. Or it might um, just be airing in different days in different places. That's what I'm thinking. Because like in Nashville, apparently, you missed out. They only had like three channels and PBS. And that was it. Like nothing. <laughs> no independent stations whatsoever. Um, whereas I was lucky in California. We had like independent stations, Channel 26, KMPH, and Fresno. And got to watch all this kind of shit. And other locations as well. So, yeah. so And the fact that they were first-run syndication, like we talked about in the very first episode... I think people bought them and maybe just showed them whenever the fuck they showed them. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. Because the production numbers are insane. They don't go in any kind of order based on, you know, like the date The date that is listed on the internet also matches the dates. In, well, not the dates, but like the episode order matches the DVD that we're using. So it looks like the order is correct. But I'm not sure that any of the dates we're saying are actually correct. So, hmm. Don't know. I'm going to try and do some more research, but old TV guys are hard to come by, and I don't have access to the library currently that would have them. And I don't know if libraries even have them, like a microfiche or anything. So it'd be cool if they did. Yeah. But, I don't know. Because, and I the same thing, my TV library. Guys, I never really thought about it, but TV, like back then, TV was so local. Like it varied hor- horrendously mm-hmm, by where you yeah. happened to live and what the market was. So um, I was surprised that Nashville had such shitty television channels honestly Um, (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing but anyway yeah so yeah so april 27th according to internet for this episode but then again this is supposedly episode 20 we've got 24 per season and according to an actual tv guide the final episode airs in three days so yeah all right so grain of salt on the dates. Anyway, J. Francis Hitching provided the story and produced the episode, and narration was written by Jim McGinn. And that's actually on the episodes. We know that's right. It was edited by John Dabney with assistance by Lewis Atkin. And of course, the series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. And mm-hmm. as a special treat, and because Jim McGinn, I'm sorry, you might be the executive producer, but when it comes to writing narration, you are no Robert L. Long. We're going to play the actual opening narration and the full opening credits for this episode because the narration needs all the help it can get. Leonard Nimoy is going to bust it out for us. And also, so everyone can hear what a great job I do recreating the theme song. So, 
<laughs> nice. Yay. That's exciting. Yeah. We will work in some narration read by Tori later, though, so don't worry. Action! Strange apparitions haunt the countryside of England. Spirits, it is said, lurk in the meadows that once rang with the sound of life. There are those who swear that the dead have risen. Some hear the sounds of ghostly horses hurtling up the stone stairs of a castle. Others bear witness to the cries of an African prince, outraged because he was buried on English soil. The ancient ghosts of England, it would seem, are the scariest spirits of all. Extraterrestrials. Magic and witchcraft. Missing persons. Myths and monsters. Lost civilizations. Strange phenomena. Author investigator Francis Hitching placed television equipment in a London cellar supposedly haunted by a 17th century cavalier. On a flickering black and white screen, he may have found the last vestiges, the final earthly remnants of a 300-year-old warrior. In search of haunted castles! This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. And that's not me. It cuts out exactly like that. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I've kind of already ruined it. I had a bit planned for later on, but I'm still going to use it later. So, like, there are no castles in the Haunted Castles episode. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they're not. Technically, none of them are. No. Castles. Yeah, there's a little bit coming up here, just a bit, that they kind of show a castle. But then all the cases we talk about, no castles, no castles. Yeah. Also, I have kind of a random thing, so I just wanted to say this. When I was watching this episode, I was like, Jay Francis Hitching, didn't I just hear that name on a podcast? Because I've been listening to a lot of, like, monster podcasts. And, like, I've been listening to, like, podcasts about cryptids and monsters and supernatural stuff while I've been working. And I was like, yeah, I just heard that name on a podcast. What was it? And then I realized it was our podcast. Oh, yeah. I was saying, we just, yeah, he, yeah. He... I was like, oh, I'm, I'm dumb. Because I thought maybe it was something else. But I did look him up. And apparently he is also the guy who wrote this, like, book about evolution that's non-Darwin. And it's, like, mm -hmm. cited by creationists all the time. And I did not yeah. realize that was this dude. But, yeah, that's that yeah. dude. Yeah, in the notes, I have some stuff later because we did talk about him before when mm -hmm. we first met him. So, yeah. So, we'll touch on that a little bit, too. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> and he goes by Francis Hitching, which, again, this is in the notes later, but I'm talking about now. In all his books and everything, and in the episode, they even call him Francis Hitching. But in all his In Search of Credits, he's listed as J. Francis Hitching. And, I mean, that is his name, John Francis Hitching. Mm -hmm. But it's just, yeah, anyway. But, yeah. That's his have... IMDb name, so I don't know. It's probably, mm -hmm. like... That's it's also his Wikipedia name, name, too. Francis yeah, it's H. like your union yeah. name or whatever, so you have to use it. I don't know. 
Yeah. Oh, is Francis hitching or Jay Francis on his? Jay Francis. I'm sure Jay Francis hitching for. I'm sure for film and TV because that's what he's always. Oh yeah, because that's what his credits are for. In search of his like union name. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what else he's been on. I'm sure he's been on some other documentaries and shit. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so in the episode, we learn that apparently England has been populated for so long and by so many people that it has acquired a lot of spirits and ghosts. For example, Henry VIII, we are told, still drags his gout-ridden foot through broken cloisters and cobwebbed passages. Long-dead prisoners plead for mercy in empty dungeons. Ancient druids still haunt Stonehenge. Guillotine victims ride across rolling plains carrying their severed heads. Every generation has added its ghostly collection of vampires, phantoms, and monsters of the netherworld. Today, a roll call of specters stretches the length of the kingdom. Perhaps it is the willingness of its citizens to believe in the supernatural. Whatever the cause, Great Britain, wrote one expert, is the most haunted place on earth. (gasps) Oh my gosh. And that could possibly be because we're told that ghosts tend to stay in one place, usually where they died. Mm -hmm. Although we know they don't know they're dead. So yeah, that's the thing with ghosts. Don't know they're dead. Since these castles were built so long ago, the ghosts that reside in them have had time to scare enough people to become legends. (laughs) Strange sights and hideous noises along with drafty rooms and poor plumbing are just an accepted part of living in the castles these days. And he keeps saying the word castles and it's going to be an issue. And we've already (laughs) mentioned it. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess. I don't know, like, what a British person would consider a castle. Like, is there a is a strict a definition castle? for a castle? Okay, okay. So, I was trying to give none of the credit, none but... of the locations we go to are castles. Okay, so, yeah. The closest is our first one, but even that is technically not a castle. So, so we learn that ghosts are treated like members of the family because they often were before they died. At Wolfton Manor in Dorset. The rowdy ghost of Lord Thomas Trenchard resides, at least according to Captain Thimbleby, descendant and current resident. Thomas Trenchard drove a carriage up the stairs of the manor on a bet, and his ghost, uh, along with presumably some ghost horses, repeats that feat regularly. Yeah, and they pick the stupid ghost, but we'll talk more about that later. All right. Yeah. Then we see Leonard Nimoy, and he's chilling in a graveyard, because where mm-hmm. else would you talk about ghosts? And he is wearing a tweed jacket and a purple cravat and, like, a, a pinkish shirt. It's an interesting outfit choice. I was really fascinated by it, and I took a screenshot. <laughs> I was like, man, what is he wearing? And I was like, I did a look at this. Yeah, He tells us that ghosts rarely attack people, but at least once, a ghost has scared someone to death. I mean, that's more on the person than the ghost, really. Yeah, that's fair. And then we cut to Emma Leavesley, also of Dorset. Her family has owned the estate for 400 years, and there were stories that something so monstrous would appear that it drove two of her ancestors mad after seeing it. So she hated sleeping there and always had nightmares. Mm. 
1880 or 1890, her grandmother and great aunt, her grandmother's sister, went to bed early as they normally did in opposite rooms. At 3 a.m., the sister sat up and saw a ghoulish apparition and screamed. Emma's grandmother ran into the room and she thought she caught a glimpse of something so horrible it almost drove her mad. But then it disappeared. But her sister had stopped screaming. Because she was dead! (gasps) (laughs) Yeah. And Emma feels bad for her. So Also, Emma's a cutie. Ooh, man. Hmm. And that accent, too. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Emma. Although I'm wondering how, like, the grandmother knew what her sister saw if it, like, frightened her to death and she wasn't able to say. I mean, I know she caught a glimpse of it. but well, it almost drove her mad and she only saw a glimpse <laughs> of it. So if her sister saw it straight on, that would obviously be why she's dead. So, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, and it's a good thing that Emma is a cutie because she seems kind of like she's a ding dong. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Anyway. It could it's just a short be. interview. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. In most hauntings, sounds are more common than sightings. And ghostly rituals are usually performed by a single figure. But in our next dramatization, both sights and sounds occur, and two 18th century Englishmen are locked together for eternity. Oh. It sounds hot. It does, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's not, but it sounds, it sounds yeah. hot. Yeah. Robin Wordsworth owns Bag Lake House, which is actually not the name of the house, but we'll go into that later, and tells us what happened in 1759. Squire William Light came home from hunting, possibly drunk. His horse stopped for a drink in the shallow pond, and Light fell off and drowned in what was likely less than a foot of water. Not a lot, but enough. And that is true. You can drown in a very small amount of water. Mm -hmm. In the wrong situation. Yeah. Don't watch glass. Don't watch glass. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. And his horse apparently left because he was like, well, this guy's not moving. So yeah, I'm it's kind of funny the drama. His horse was like, oh, shit, he's dead. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Light's groom went looking for him. Squire Light rose from the water and strode towards the groomsman. The groom's horse was freaked out by this and, you know, kind of did its horse thing where it, you know, whinnies and bucks a little, and the groom fell from his horse. His wife found him by the pond. He told her what he had seen, and then he died. <laughs> they both began to be a nuisance in Bag Lake House with loud footsteps on the stairs. A priest tried to exercise Light and the groom from the house, and now Light is confined to a chimney and complains when the wind blows. <laughs> Which, you know, also is just the thing old chimneys do when the wind blows. Close the flute. <laughs> the groom is stuck outside and still calls for his master, trying to find him. Oh, such a good... I mean, he's not a slave, but, you know, the word master, whatever, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it is said that when the moon is full, Squire Light can be seen rising from the pond, despite apparently being trapped in the chimney, by those who favor whiskey. Hmm. <laughs> and in a hint of things to come, we are then told that those who see Squire Light should be thankful that he doesn't scream. <gasps> <laughs> 
Also, this whole reenactment is so bad. It's so bad. Like he comes like walking up to the lake or the pond or whatever, and he's just like calling for like way too long. And then we see this yeah. thing like guy walk out of the water. I, I do think him coming out of the pond is really well done, though. I do think do. that. Okay, it got like a green tint to it, and it's all sparkly. And then he kind of like rises up, like the water is like super deep, even though we know it's not. It's like it's just whoop, and then walks. Um, like you took like the elevator up from the bottom of the pond and then like there's a little pathway. But yeah, I thought that part was kind of good. But yeah, you're right. He's all Squire, Squire, Squire Light, Squire. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. I mean, what you would do if you were actually trying to find someone, but still, it's a little much. Yeah, a little, a little long. You could have cut it. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So then we come back from the commercial. Most castles are haunted by murky, intangible apparitions. In Marshwood Vale, however, Besticombe Manor is haunted by a very tangible human skull that refuses to be buried. <gasps> when provoked, the skull's angry screams reverberate for miles. Whoa, that's loud. Yeah, that's My a lot of miles. That's a lot of screaming. And then we get a lot of unnecessary scream effects. Again, this just goes on for too long. It doesn't need to be that long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. And then also a lawnmower is in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cut nicely with the screams, I have to say. That was, that was, a, good, that was a good editing job. I like that. I was, that was good. <laughs> and search of is usually not great on the um, audio edits or edits in general. But uh, this was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Penny, current owner of Bestico Manor, is the descendant of Azariah Penny, a slave owner who was exiled to the West Indies in 1685. He returned with the slave. When the nameless slave was to die, he asked to be buried in his homeland. He also claimed to be a prince from that homeland and no one gave a shit. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. Penny just buried him in the backyard. Yeah. As we're told in the episode, he was buried in Bettiscombe Churchyard. But come on, like, even in the UK, no one was going to bury a slave in the churchyard. Like, you had to be, like, mm, to get buried in the churchyard. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Horrible screams rose from the grave. Supposedly, the skull worked its way to the surface through the power of screaming. Yeah, they're not even trying to make this believable. That's ridiculous. Like, he's in a coffin. Like, the skull just, like, worked his way out. The skull worked his way out of the head and then up through the coffin and then up through the ground and was just sitting on the grave. Okay, yeah, sure. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. In addition to the screaming, in 1914, witnesses saw it sweat blood. Oh. And trying to get rid of the skull only resulted in more trouble. Now it's kept on a shelf in a closet. Okay. What are you going to do with it? It keeps yelling when you put it in the ground. So I guess give it its own little shelf. I don't know. Yeah. The ghosts of England aren't restricted to drafty castles and lonely country estates. In the very heart of London, a 17th century cavalier replete with plumed hat and pantaloons resides in, of all places, a wine cellar. <gasps> I mean, if I... It's not a bad place. I mean, I'm not a fan of wine, but, you know. Yeah. Go where the booze is if you're a ghost. Why not? So. 
Then we meet Bill Grundy, possibly born on a Monday, who is a documentary filmmaker for the BBC who got shit from a pub owner about a series of television films about the ghost of London that he just made because Grundy hadn't included their ghost. So he was like, hey, you didn't include our ghost. He's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, based on the rest of this episode, uh, smart move, Grundy. You didn't include this lame-ass ghost. So good job. <laughs> Pub owner told Grundy how his wife refuses to go into the cellar after seeing the ghost of the Cavalier. So Grundy, like, basically, like, said, I don't want to deal with this. So he contacted Francis <laughs> Hitching. Dun, 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 dun. And they all, uh, as we mentioned, they always call him Francis Hitching. That is the name he wrote under and is the name under his Wikipedia page. But in his in search of credits are always J. Francis Hitching. And apparently that's what his IMDb credits are. So it's kind of weird. Again, J is for John. Author, dowser, journalist, filmmaker. They forgot to mention Ghost Hunter. So <laughs> so you can check out our September 28th, 2022 episode of In Search of the Loch Ness Monster. And our October 12th, 2022 episode of In Search of the Magic of Stonehenge for more on Hitching. Because I think we talked a lot about him in those episodes. Mm -hmm. He also provided the stories and produced both The Mummy's Curse and Troy episodes. Yeah, so we actually just mentioned his name like a couple episodes yeah. ago. I think that's why I like heard his name on a podcast and it was ours. And I was like was listening ours. to other stuff and I was like, wait, which one was he on? Because I thought maybe <laughs> he was like mentioned on one of the ghost ones or something. And then I was like, oh, no, it was just ours. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> and on all the other episodes, he's been narration by Robert L. Long. And this one is by... Mr. McGinn, and it's not good. So, for how long knew what he was doing? He he wrote some. He could he could write. He could do some writing. So sure. Hitching set up a recording rig in the cellar. He believes it's worth investigating. Although it takes him way longer to say that, he kind of rambles for a while. But basically, the gist is this is worth looking into. Mm -hmm. So he recorded for the entire night, and while he did this, the cellar was sealed to make sure no one could get in or out without his knowledge. And he was the only occupant. The next day, Hitching plays back the video. A bit of a light reflection appears on the pillar on the video. And it's not a guy dressed like a cavalier or a figure. I think if you look at it for a really long time, and this is my personal whatever, because I was looking at it for a really long time. I think you can kind of make yourself see the outline of like, maybe what could be the impression of a person but it really isn't anything and i think your brain can just see things if you really want to hmm. but yeah it's just basically some light and he does not recall seeing this light at the time despite being quite sure he had been looking at the pillar the entire night hitching also lengthily explains why this not matching reports of the ghost isn't a problem but it has shaken his belief about how ghosts work, and he will have to reconsider everything he believed prior. He can't explain what he's seen in the wine cellar, but he hopes that someday he'll be able to. Yeah, apparently that light reflection. And I'm going to say, I think it's he was probably drinking from some water and some light reflected and got on the pillar. But anyway, it apparently fucked him up. Like, he was like, oh, I, oh, I don't know what to, I previously believed this, and now this doesn't seem to uh. so yeah i know he did look really shaken he looked really yeah shaken. i also believe he really did stay up all night because he looks fucked up and it's <laughs> kind of even more even for him he's kind of borderline incoherent so and i kind of <laughs> like it 
So you you like um what's the word we use for Mulder? What's the word you use for Mulder? Um when he's all uh, I like unshaven. it when he's unhinged. Oh, unhinged no, uh, Mulder. Yeah. Unhinged Mulder, but like I think like rough and um rough and tumble is probably more of an accurate description of the appearance. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of like um, rough and tumble, unhinged um, Jay Francis Hitching. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was entertaining. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, much more so than he was in the previous scene when he hadn't stayed up all night. So, yeah. <laughs> or in Stonehenge. Because I think Stonehenge and this are the only two episodes that we actually see him on screen, I believe. So, okay. I know he's, def he's definitely in the Stonehenge episode. All the rest, I think he just wrote or had the story idea. I don't know how much that involves because then someone else writes the narration in all his episodes. So, yeah. But then, again, it was commercial, and we come back from the commercial. What are ghosts? And why do they keep on repeating the same actions over and over again? One theory is that a haunting is a violent release of energy somehow frozen in space and time. When weather conditions are exactly right, the action is played back like a recording. Impossible? So was the... <laughs> such a ridiculous thing. Please keep that in. So was Xeroxing and holography just a few short years ago. In fact, so were videotape replays like the one you're watching right now. And I I thought it was going to end. Like, that would have been, like, the perfect, like, boom, episode uh -huh. over. But no. And I got to give Leonard Nimoy some credit. He says all this ridiculous shit with, like, the perfect Leonard Nimoy delivery. It mm -hmm. doesn't sound ridiculous when he's saying it. And then you think about it, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, this episode in particular, he's like, mm, paycheck, paycheck, mm -hmm. paycheck. <laughs> he's paycheck. getting hopefully good paychecks <laughs> for this. People have been seeing and hearing ghosts for thousands of years. Soon we may know how and why. What a tremendous gain that would be for science. And what a tremendous loss for storytelling. And then... last bit with the skull was some scooby-doo shit i have to say oh like, yeah no was, it definitely like the door yeah. opened and then the skull's all <laughs> ah! oh my god yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's bad yeah so as we mentioned i talked about how at wolfton house they use the stupid ghost so apparently wolfton house has three ghosts and a connection to elegy Ooh. so of the three ghosts we have of course lord what's his face who like rides his stupid carriage up and down the stairs like a dumbass on a bed because <laughs> he was drunk 
But then also there is a priest who like haunts the grounds apparently. And okay. Lord, what's his face's wife apparently killed herself by slitting her throat. Oh God. And she haunts the place, but also, and this is the connection to elegy. He had seen her ghost with the throat slit before she killed herself. <gasps> uh-huh. Yeah. Why were you talking about the dumbass riding his horse up and down the stairs when you could have been talking about that? Seriously. Yeah, that's way more interesting, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, maybe because the whole, like, suicide thing? I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Also, we keep being showed Wolverton Gatehouse, which is not the manor house, which is where the stairwell is, and neither of which are a castle, by the way. So, <laughs> boom, no castle, even though this episode is called Haunted Castles. Sadly, I could find no information on Emma Leavesley and the name of her family's estate house, also not a castle, and the name was not mentioned in the episode, and yes, I tried Leavesley, um, nothing there in Dorset, <laughs> okay. so, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I did, like, if I was could go there and, like, travel around the whole town, I could probably find it, because we do get a nice shot of the house itself, but I wasn't going to spend hours and hours on Google Street View going through the town of Dorset trying to find this house. So mm -hmm. Bag Lake House, I mentioned that it is not actually called Bag Lake House. So apparently it's it's Bagley House. Okay. But because of accents, it becomes Bag Lake when people oh, say okay. it sometimes. So I think, but it's actually Bag Lake House and also not a castle. Mm -hmm. So I've got, this episode has so many fucking show notes. Oh my God, there are show notes everywhere. So lots of show notes. You can check out Bag Lake House and all the ghosts and blah, blah, blah. Nice. So. And apparently screaming skulls are kind of a thing in England. Like, there's not just, the, like, the Bescombe Castle is the biggest one, but apparently they exist all over the place. So, also, it's Bescombe Manor, not a castle. Again, right, not right. A castle. And when I, when I saw the screaming skull thing, I'm like, I've seen a movie about a screaming skull. And there, there was a movie called The Screaming Skull that came out in 1958. Um, which I was reading the Wikipedia about it because I was like, I wonder if it was inspired by this. Yes, this it was ex directly mm -hmm. inspired. It's by actually this. in the Wikipedia page for Screaming Skulls. <laughs> they have, they show a picture of it and talk about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they basically reminded me of the opening, which I remember thinking was completely ridiculous, which is that um, over a scene of an open coffin, a narrator explains that the film's climax is so terrifying that it may kill the viewer. So... It uh, reassures the audience that if they should die of fright, they will receive a free burial service. And then inside the coffin is this card that's like reserved for you, which is it's, yeah, they're trying to be scary. It was the late well, 50s. the fifties was when they did all that shit, like the tingler, and they would have like shit under the people's seats that would like vibrate their seats, mm -hmm. and they would have the people who they would actually pay to go and see the theater, and like would get up and faint in the middle, and like paramedics would come and and walk them out and that kind of stuff. So they were all about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the film is based loosely on a short story by Francis Marion Crawford, which, of course, drew its inspiration from folklore surrounding the so-called Screaming Skull that was kept on display at Betsico Manor in Dorset, England. Um, I actually have seen this movie because it was featured on season nine of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yay. Um, so that's how I watched it with Mystery Science Theater people in front making fun of it, which is the only way to do it. 
Bill Corbett, who was a writer for the show, he also played the voice of Crow after Trace Bulow left. And then he was also the observer on that show who's like brain guy, basically. Uh, if you know Mr. Science Theater, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, he said that making someone watch this even once is specifically outlawed by the Geneva Convention because he hated the oh. movie so much. He thought it was not even. And, you know, when they do Mr. Science Theater, they have to watch the movie like. 10 times because they have to watch it like five or six times just to write the script and then they have to watch it <laughs> so basically they have to watch it a lot and so i think by the end he was just like this is torture which is the point is that mike nelson is being tortured by being forced to watch bad movies right like that's the premise of the show but it, this was actual torture to him apparently so i am familiar with that script writing process just yeah 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 sure both of us are yeah, yeah, I and mean, we definitely know it's it's a lot like editing a book. Like they say, don't write a book you don't love because you have to read that fucker like ten times to edit it. So it's yeah, yeah. oof. And then I could not find any mention of the George, which is the the pub. We didn't actually mention it in the episode description, but the pub where the Cavalier supposedly is that J. Francis Hitching goes into the basement. It's called the George or the George Inn. Um, also, not a castle. There are like umpteen hundred pubs in and around London and across the UK with the name The George or The George Inn or some variation because of the whole St. George kind of action. And you could actually travel to at least five in a single eight mile trip within London. And that's not even close to all of them. So there's a ton of them. But the one that they show, I could not find any mention of ghosts in it. No Cavaliers, anything. A lot of the other ones do seem to have ghosts. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them probably because they have been confused with other the Georges. I don't know. Or because, as we know, Great Britain is the most haunted place on Earth. Mm -hmm. <gasps> yeah. Although I could not track down the expert who wrote that. I kind of, because of the way In Search of works, I kind of figured, like, J. Francis Hitchin had wrote that in the book. <laughs> yeah. and so that would be was, my guess. Yeah, He was the expert who wrote it. But I couldn't find it. And, like, I wasn't into ghosts in the 70s. Also, I was only seven years old. So, like, I don't know. But then, as I was writing this in the notes, it hit me. And I'm like, fuck, it was probably Holzer. It was Hans fucking <laughs> Holzer who wrote that. I'm willing to bet money that he wrote that. And that's the expert they're using. So Probably. Probably. I can't verify that. I wasn't going to go through all his hundred plus books to try and find it. But I would not be, well, I guess if I was limiting myself to stuff that had been published before this episode, it wouldn't be 100. But I wasn't going to go through all those to find it. But I would not be surprised if it was him who said that. So, yeah. But it's basically yeah. an ungoogleable phrase. You cannot look it up because there are so right. many people saying the most haunted place on earth, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So. Well, and also Google is useless now. Like it used to be so much better. And now it's just... Yeah. It's really, I mean, as we, I mean, going back to J. Francis Hitchin and talking about like Loch Ness Monster, where we first, I think that's the first one he wrote. I remember trying to find some of the old seventies, like information on Loch Ness Monster. And it's so hard to find images and shit. That's not like modern day, like people's drawings and deviant art shit and stuff and you're like oh my god yeah it's really it's really rough so yeah. or there's ads for like vintage style t-shirt and you're like no no i want the actual photo from the 70s <laughs> like, yeah. speaking want... of which I mean, we were talking about this a lot because we both like i found it and told you about it so we've both been listening to monster talk a lot um 
I've been trying to, f and I cannot find it. I think I'm just going to write to them and ask them because we talked about how like they use a clip from the Bigfoot episode. I think it's the Bigfoot episode. It might be the Yeti episode later. I'm, I didn't actually go back and listen to the audio for the Bigfoot episode. See, that's what they're listening. But they use Leonard Nimoy in their opening theme. Right. But then also they have the one of like the Loch Ness monster part where it's some other dude talking. Yes. And I know I have seen that fucking documentary. Or whatever it is that the dude is talking. That voice is so familiar. Or he's just someone who does a lot of voiceover. But undoubtedly, I probably saw it. But I cannot find out what it's from. And I huh. really want to know. So I yeah. think I might just have to write them and ask them. Yeah, you might just have to be so. like, hey, I love your opening. I know this is from In Search Of. What's this from? You know? And they'd yeah. probably be happy to tell you. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's uh, Haunted Not Castles. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, these Americans won't know the difference. It's all the same to them. They're like, oh, I don't know what a manor house is. Might as yeah. well be a castle. I mean, like I said, the closest thing we get to a castle is some ruined, like, fucking ramparts and shit that we see when he's talking about Henry VIII dragging his gouted leg around. But, right. Uh, that's it. Everything else is, like, manor house, manor house, estate house, pub. You're like, no castles. So. Although haunted pubs, like I feel like that's really fun. There's a lot of pub ghosts. Yeah, but it's a different thing. Obviously, it should be its own. It's episode. a definitely different thing because I think, I mean, not that these probably aren't, but I think a lot of that is like, come to our pub. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. for sure. So we have ghosts. Sure. So. Yeah. But yeah, not. Well, I shouldn't say not a bad. It. It was an okay. It was all fine. It was fine. Fun, yeah, it was but, fine. It wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't like so boring that I was like falling asleep or anything. So no, you can't fall asleep with the screaming anyway. Yeah, and also or... like they <laughs> apparently Jay Francis Hitching went to Dorset because the majority of our stories are from Dorset, and then there's the one from London, and that's it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. well, you know, in search of budget wasn't huge. So, like you're going to one place, we're gonna well, find all I the ghosts I, we can. I really doubt that. Leonard Nimoy was in a oh, graveyard. No. That, that was a graveyard near Los Angeles somewhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. So, But still, they still have to fly somebody in a small crew. So, like... Yeah. 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 I mean, do they? I don't know. Maybe... Well, I guess, like, for some... I'm going to assume they're not using other people's, like, footage for, like, the interviews and stuff. I'm assuming they're doing that. On no, the in-search of cameras are traveling around the world to find <laughs> stories. We know this. They mentioned it several times. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I think that's part of it, right? Because that's the thing. Like, Jay Francis Hitching, is this, he provides the story and the production. And we know that production means money. If you mm -hmm. pay for shit, that you you are a producer. If yes. if you're paying for shit, I mean, sometimes you have creative control as well. But basically, if you're a producer, it's because you're paying, mm -hmm. you're laying down some cash. So yeah. So he was like, "Hey, I'm I'm taking my vacation in Dorset, and uh, oh, there's some ghosts here. Maybe I'll film some shit. Oh, and there's a thing in London that I did. So yeah. Anyway, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I want to rewatch is hosted by myself, Nick, and Tori, and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production, design, and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and the truth is what we make of it by the Agrarians.
Our X-Files adjacent episodes are where we cover television and films, or maybe television films, that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like what we're doing, tell a friend. We'd be happy to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time, and together we'll try to figure out if the truth truth is is still out there. also decided that what we need to do is we need to schedule vacations together and go and do some paranormal investigations that's what i've decided yes, we do we should yeah. that'd be really fun i would actually really enjoy that so yeah we'll have to figure that out i don't know when i don't know how but <laughs> yeah i don't think we have enough listeners where they could sponsor it so um no i know unfortunately <laughs> i would love to go to one of those ufo cons like i really would i know that it's I know it's a lot of crazy. I, I'm they just sure you... had the one here in Oregon, like down south a little bit. It was like a like a month or two ago, I think. I remember. Um, maybe we could plan on that. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. And up the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get some business maybe cards. Maybe get some yeah. interviews. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we could be like a real journalist. I've done yeah. that at conventions. Trust no one news. Special interviews. There we go. <laughs> There we go. Nice, nice.